<laughs> What's up, Sedano, LZ, and Cap? Would you like to respond to Chris Kaplan? Well, actually, I got to tell you that LZ really brought it home. He did. When he said that, you know, if, if you are going from happy hour to the regular price bar menu, you didn't get the job done. Right. And then all I did was just kind of jump on top of that and go, yeah, now it's going to cost you a lot more to get it done. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think that was an egregious uh, thing there. Like, you've definitely killed some bits, LZ. He's killed some, but I didn't think that was one of them. I think Morales is off his game today. No, that was injured. That was a injured bit. It wasn't yeah. killed. Right. You know, might have ended up in the ER, but we saved right. it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right, didn't kill it. Just, yeah. just hurt it real bad. Just, yeah. just heard it re- real bad. You know, the funny thing is, as I was listening to that, as I was thinking, you didn't get the job done. I was like, well, no wonder restaurants are extending happy hour hours. Yeah. You know, it used to be concentrated. Right. Now, happy hours can start as early as 2 o'clock and go until 6. <laughs> People yeah. need more time to get the job done. Yeah, it'll be the early bird happy hour, I feel like, is where we're going to be going next. So, uh, hey, so what's up? Real quick, guys, um, I, I want to start here. We have so many things to talk about today, right? Um, we've got... The All-Star game, we've got, uh, you know, Stephen LeBron playing buddy-buddy all of a sudden. we got Oprah and the Royals coming to America, too. Dak Prescott signed the big contract. Uh, I, I want to ask, I want to see if we could spin the wheel, all right? Let's see, we got like a wheel. Laura, do we have a wheel? There we go. All right, Kaplan, you know, I'll let you, dealer's choice, go ahead. You you tell me where you, want, where you think this is landing. Where is this landing? Uh, I would say it's landing on coming to America part deuce. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So we will start with coming to America too, or coming to the number two America. Now, LZ, I don't know if you poisoned the well for me, but <laughs> man, I, I did what you did. I started uh-huh. watching. I started, and then I was like, Nah, I can't do this. I can't. I cannot. I cannot blaspheme against the original. And take this in in one sitting. I'm going to need to take a break and then come back, which I never came back to. But the first problem, LZ Granderson, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't tell me, but I'm also kind of mad you didn't tell me, what? was that this movie is PG-13. It's not even rated R like the original. And I, that right there was like, oh, no. And R wouldn't have saved that movie? Oh, man. You could have made it, you could have made it an bit. X. And it may not have bit. actually. It might have been good as an X, but you can't make it. <laughs> PG thirteen wouldn't have done anything. Listen, this is what I can say. Did you finish the movie? No, I did not. I can say this because, as you know, my friend, it started you know pretty good, and then there was you know some some unevenness towards the the middle yeah. section, and then the middle section just falls out. Right. Correct. But if you stick around. <laughs> For that last quarter of the movie. Okay. I know I'm asking a lot, but you just got to trust me. (laughs) If you stick around for that last 25 minutes, you won't be upset. You won't be satisfied either, but you won't be upset. (laughs) What I found came over me during the credit scenes was like this comfortable sense of letting go, wanting to see a great movie. And embracing, it was just good to see those characters again. Okay. Oh, my God. I got to say something here. I got to say something. LZ, you had me, like, really on Friday when you said I've seen the first half of it, 
and I'm going to come back later. And what I've seen so far, I didn't think was very good. I was like, oh, no, this movie's going to suck. So I made my whole Friday night around it. I got home Friday night. I turned it on. And it was late. later on Friday night. I was a little tired. So I stopped halfway through, fell asleep, woke up Saturday morning, boom, turned it right back on. Was thinking in the middle of the movie, you know what? I don't like this at all. I don't like where this is going one bit. I'm not finding it terribly funny. I don't think Eddie is able to reinvent Prince Akeem. I don't think his dialect is on. By the end of the movie, because I was committed, by the end of the movie, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I liked it. I had a big smile on my face. It was funny. Everybody was back. I mean, I didn't even know John Amos was still alive. God, God love him. <laughs> I you know? didn't either. Like, I got to like, be honest. Like, and by the He's time on Instagram, over, for heaven's sakes. You guys don't follow... No, I didn't. The dad from Good Times on Instagram? I was just going to say, like, maybe it's because in my head, you remember he died on Good Times. I love that. That was 40 years ago, George. Damn. Right. And I I just, but by the end of the movie, this is, LZ, I'm so glad you're saying this. By the end of the movie, I actually liked Coming to America, too. I didn't love it. It's not going to be one of the all-time classics. I'm not going to repeat lines over and over again. But in the end... I liked it. Oh, I okay. repeat a line because I was telling Key the line that I'm going to repeat, mm-hmm. which since the movie is PG, I'm assuming it's going to be safe for me to say right here, right now. Yeah. yeah. Which is essentially, I like black women. I want a woman so dark, I need a flashlight to make love to her. <laughs> when he said that line, I had to stop the movie and almost ran out of this house because I was like, you know what? This whole experience was worth it. Because I got that line. Oh, man. <laughs> I loved it when sexual chocolate hit the stage, you know? And I liked it. And before they even got to it, I was like, that boy, good. He got talent. And then right as I said it, that's when the actor came on and said the exact same so, thing. So that's I what I would mean. Like, it was, like, once my expectations for the movie went away. Right. And my affection for seeing these characters again took over. Mm-hmm. Then, okay. it, then I found it to be okay. I was like going, oh, it was good to see, you know, sexual chocolate. It was good to see this. It was good right. to see that. I mean, it was filled with, um, you know, bits that Cap killed, you know, retroactively. (laughs) Right. But overall, it was sort of like, I love seeing, you know, the celebration of black Hollywood, which is really what that was. It was the perseverance of black Hollywood in particular. So many icons, you know, from the black community coming back together to try to recapture this moment. And while they missed recapturing the moment... It was evident that they still had everybody's hearts. It was cool. I'm with you. I thought it was really fun. In the in the final analysis, here's the last part of it. You ready? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for everybody because I know not everybody's seen it. And George, I don't want to spoil it for you. But here's in the end, you know what else, Elsie? There was kind of like a really good message along the way. Oh, that message was garbage. Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. I, I can't with you, dog. I can't be, with be you. Be sappy man. with me, dog. Come no, on. I got no. three daughters. Eddie, Prince Hakeem had three daughters, you no, know, man. and he had to like. That well, again, whole I don't script, that whole plot line, all of that is so dated. We'd have been through that so many times. That was Mulan, dude. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm a sappy guy when it comes to being a girl dad. And at the end, I was like, that's and such a nice it, message. And you're not a movie guy. There's that too, right? Yeah. Like, I was like, you saw that message coming like yeah. two hours away. Oh, right. In the first, it, listen, in the opening scene <laughs> yeah. where the daughter is uh, engaged in the martial arts at the beginning, you're like, okay, I got the movie. I got, you got it. the movie. I got exactly. It. You knew exactly what was going to happen. The only unpredictable part. Oh, what? I got one. What? 
Can I say it? I mean, yeah, listen, yeah. Where, you where, was, where, was, where was your uncle? Man, you know what? It's too late for them because we got too much material to be holding back waiting for these people <laughs> to get y'all. Damn movie when came out the, on Friday. When, you people had three days. Yeah, yeah. You're right. When the original, spoiler alert, when the original um, bride-to-be to Prince Hakeem from yes. 1989 yes. came in still hopping on one foot because they <laughs> yes. never closed that loop in the first movie. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And how about the, the actress who plays Lisa, Hakeem's wife, yeah. um, who is was gorgeous 30 years ago and is still insanely gorgeous all these yes. years later. There were two characters missing. Do you guys remember in the first one when the taxi cab driver pulls over and almost hits them when they come out of the airport? Yeah. And that was bodied by Jake, Jake Steinfeld. Remember right. him? And then the only other character was the guy who was the Soul Glow guy, but there was a Soul Glow ad in the background of the barbershop. Okay. Right. Right. That's cool. That's cool. No, they, they, they did a lot of, you know, acknowledging previous movies. I would say the, old, the only surprise for me, the real surprise for me, was them knocking down the fourth wall and overtly acknowledging no one asked for this sequel. Oh, yeah. Like, like that was I funny. Was, I was that a little was shocked funny. that yeah. they went all the way there. Yeah. Like, I was ready for them to be like, oh, everything's superheroes and yeah. sequels. I was yeah. like, okay. But the fact that he said... Sequels no one asked for. Right. I was like, okay, all right. Wasn't expecting that. They're in on the joke. Yeah. The only thing, again, my only disappointment in Eddie Murphy, because I'm such a monster Eddie Murphy fan, I just felt like he couldn't bring back the same dialect of the character. Like, I just felt like it, like he couldn't, like he must have watched and studied and listened and just couldn't seem to get it. At least that was just my ears. My one criticism. Your one? Well, I liked it. I told you I liked <laughs> I it, like, man. You only got one? I know. I'm actually, you know what? It's so bad. I may go back and watch it again to just figure out, like, why did I like it? You, I okay. mean, between, like, the dated attempts at ghetto humor, um, I was like, those jokes are so over. The over-the-top ghetto black woman mama? I mean, come on, Leslie. I love you, girl, but come on. That's an old-ass joke. <laughs> like, I was just like... Come on. Yeah. No, listen, <laughs> and I think that... I, and I, I love me some Leslie. I want to make sure that's clear, but... I, I think they tried to do... Um, too much? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which that's is exactly, pretty much it. Which that's exactly pretty, is what, what I said, said yeah, the yeah, very the first... They're 100%. doing too much. They were trying to have a positive, uplifting message about women. Right. With some try- of the stuff, throwback to the 80s movie. Right. It just right. was weird. It was right. Just, like I, there was the one part where they, they kind of played back on, if you remember the original... They've got the golden arches. We've got the golden arcs. They've got right. the two all beef patties, that whole bit. Well, right. they also had it this time with a McFlurry versus right. I think it was called a McFlur. We actually yeah. put our toppings on the bottom, right. you know, which right. I also right. thought was kind of funny. Very, yeah, very look, funny. They, it, it had but, moments like that for sure. There's no doubt. Right. But, um, but you know what was the funniest thing? Seeing Jerry Jones after obviously watching the Megan and Prince Harry movie or interview, <laughs> deciding he's been treating Dak wrong and finally decided to give him his damn contract. That's yes! happening right now. That's happening yes. right this second. That is yeah. happening now. That, well, that, that, that clearly is Oprah as well. Yeah, Oprah did that too. <laughs> Oprah sure. did that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. Because mm-hmm. Dak Prescott won. Remember, the whole sticking point to this contract was that the Cowboys wanted to give him five years to lock him up right. at a better rate for a longer time. He was like, no, I want four so he can get another bite at the apple at the very least 
in his prime, maybe two bites at the apple, perhaps, depending on what the uh, contract that beyond that would look like. So he won. Like, it is rare in a day and age when you are not considered one of the elite guys, okay? Because he's not. He's not Russell Wilson, right? He's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's he has proven way more valuable than I think anyone may have anticipated when he was drafted in the fourth round. So he won this, man. Like, I, I, I think that you go and you get that money and you win this, that's a big deal for someone who's not, again, the top, top, top of that particular uh, totem pole. Well, it certainly did change what everybody assumed. And if you go back to last week in our conversation with Lewis Riddick, he talked about how just because you're the next guy doesn't mean you'll out money the guy signed previous. In other words, Patrick Mahomes got this, so even though you're next, you're not going to get more than Mahomes. There was this thought that Mahomes was the, the pinnacle. And I got to say, to, to say this is a win for Dak Prescott, it's a monster win, not just financially, but again, he's coming off of a major injury. Major. Okay? And so we don't know. I mean, just a fine example. Look at the All-Star game. Kevin Durant didn't play um, and, and has, is dealing with the after effects of a major injury. So I would say it is a monster win for Dak Prescott. I still wouldn't have done it if I were Jerry Jones, but it's his world, and um, I'm watching it. You only need one. Yeah, And I think that's what a lot of people keep forgetting when we talk about contracts. You don't need the league to love you. You just need one team. Correct. And Dallas Cowboys were in Dak's hip pocket the moment Andy Dalton was relegated to being the starter. Right. <laughs> and I say relegated because when you look at that team, Dak Prescott was covering a multitude of sins that they didn't appreciate. So when he became the starter, he realized, oh, snap, I can't do all of this. Right. <laughs> that Dak was doing to make us relevant. So I thought the Cowboys were in trouble last year. And as I was telling you, Cap, it's not about whether or not he's the second best quarterback. That's a ridiculous comment or a ridiculous debate to have. It's about are you valuable to the team that is trying to get you? That's totally the only right on. conversation that matters. Totally I, right on. I mean, the, let's face it. I mean, what 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 Jerry Jones thought was, you know, um, when Andy Dalton comes in, he's got a real resume. He's been to the playoffs. He's a he's a solid guy. We'll, we'll be okay. Right. And when he found out that they weren't, and then he had to start thinking to himself, "Am I about to start all over here?" Because remember, you know, it was Tony Romo's injury that put Dak Prescott into the Correct. starting job, and he's Correct. taken it over since, and he's the face of the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah it's it's been. Like, I'm happy for Dak. Um, he deserves it. You know, um, I am disappointed with Jerry Jones that a lot of his former, you know, players love him and, and say he's a player's guy in the whole nine. He has mistreated Dak, in my estimation, since his rookie year. From refusing to acknowledge him as the starter for week after week after week to the way that this contract negotiations has gone down. After the past couple of seasons, remember two this was I was going to say this hasn't been a one-year deal. This has been a yeah. two-year deal. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Dak Prescott got everything that he deserves, not because the Dallas Cowboys were willing to give it to him, but because they it. had no choice. Yeah, here, they, here. There's yeah. no doubt. He they had no choice. I'd say right. he got a whole lot more than you might say he deserves, statistically speaking. 
It's not um, about stats, Cap. No, no, I you got keep, you. I'm, you keep I'm mixing it up, dog. It's, keep, no, no, it's it's amazing. What I'm saying is it's amazing for him. You say he got what he deserved, and I'm like, listen, this guy just with, again, if he were 100% healthy, I'd be like, I got it. But given the injury, this is a big risk, in my opinion. Well, the injury is a risk for sure. Um, I'd have to see how much of it is guaranteed. Hold on, I want to take a 126 oh, a record, million. A record of his guarantee. Okay, yeah. then, how then about it that? is a, it is a risk. I, I think two things can be true for sure. Every every signing's a risk. Yeah, this is football. Well, but but LZ, <laughs> I, I agree. But when you when you have a break that that ugly, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not. I mean, it took Paul. I mean, Paul George doesn't play a sport like that, and it took him a year, kind of to be sort of kind of the same guy he used to be so it, it doesn't I, I don't think that the injury doesn't play like I, I do believe that it plays a role and a factor in the risk but you're right it is a crazy violent sport uh, no doubt but but the the injury prior to now nah, that that has to play at least a tiny bit I mean listen I've seen running backs uh with questionable knees get the bag I have seen pitchers with arms that are questionable get the bag. We have seen NBA players like Kevin Durant, as you just mentioned, get the bag. So, Dak, get that bag, dog. Oh, no, no. Don't don't let them tell you the injuries are risk and all this. No, dog, get your money. You know why? No, no, no. As fast as you can. As much and as fast. Because that's what this game game is. You're on on that level. You're the quarterback of the quote-unquote America's team. All right? You help make sure that Jerry can have a world. So get your money, get your bag, dog. Sure, no doubt. The money part of it, we got to go to break here in a second. The money part of it is is definitely, you know, like, of course, who wouldn't be happy for that dude? You know, that's where we started this conversation. So good for him, for sure. All right, coming up next, the All-Star Game. Speaking of good for him, good Mm -hmm. for all of us. The All-Star Game actually went through, and it was kind of fun. And something came of it that I think surprised everybody. So we'll get to that. We do have to get to this Oprah thing, too. I mean, that thing. Holy moly. All right. We'll get to that in two minutes. Sedano, LZ, and Cap, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedona, LZ, and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. So, if you just missed it, we were talking about Dak Prescott getting four years, 160. So, congrats to Dak. So, the All-Star Game. I, you know, look, I don't know what to think about the All-Star Game year to year, let alone in a year like this one. But I came away really enjoying the All-Star Game. Um, basically I like, I like this new format. I know they started this last year, but I am now sold on it after a second year where each quarter is an, it's its own individual game and it goes towards a charity for the winning team. And, and, you know, that's cool. Um, and then the Elam ending stuff is great because you don't get all the fouling and timeouts and all the stuff people hate about the end of basketball games. I think they've really figured that, that game part out. What do you think, LZ? Um, I like a lot of the pageantry 
that has you know continued to progress progress uh, for the All Star Weekend or All Star mm-hmm. Day if you're talking about this year. Um, I thought yesterday opening ceremony was absolutely beautiful um, from Clark Atlanta. Uh, Philharmonic Choir mm-hmm. to obviously you know Gladys Knight, our girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our girl exactly the the real focus in on the history of HBCUs. Um, you know, shout out again to UCLA for uh, recognizing what good can come for those schools financially if you play them. Um, so shout out to them for that. But as as far as the game itself, I'm almost there with you, George. I'm almost there. Almost? What needs to happen to get you over the hump here? (laughs) I need the fourth quarter to be the game. And I don't know. Oh, I don't think you're going to get that, though. And I don't know if you can. I don't know if you said first team to this number, if you would get that. Because if you could say. I don't. I don't think so. I think people would pace themselves, though. I feel like this game is kind of like coming to America, too. I went into it. (laughs) having heard some really bad reviews, and I came out of it kind of liking it more than I expected to. Here's the thing. The skills competition, garbage, okay? That is just a complete waste of everybody's time, in my opinion. Not exciting, (laughs) not entertaining at all. However, They have good names in it, though, every year. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I found I mean, Chris the, Paul and Luka Doncic are two of the biggest stars on the planet. No, 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 no. But that's a three-point shooting contest. I mean, I, no, I, no, 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 no. The skills competition. Well, which, which, what was the first one then? Excuse me. The what skills was the first one? that I mean, had Luka. You're gonna, Luka you're gonna and trash CP3. it, dog. You should at least know what no, you're no. trashing. Who are the? Yeah. Okay, I'll go back. I will stand correct. I'm telling you right now. The fact that these It's two the guys, one where they do the dribbling through the cones boring, and all the crap. Very, very boring. Not good at all. Not entertaining. Okay. Now, you're right, LZ. If I'm going to trash it, I should know who the two guys were that were remaining. But they were like, for me, they were not the stars. And I was like, okay, now this is interesting. Now we get to the three-point shooting contest. And that I don't know about fun. the rest of you guys, but when Steph is, is grinding down to the end and the clock is ticking and you're looking at the scoreboard and you're trying to figure out, does he have enough shots left and can he do it? And then on the last shot, Steph hits it. I, like, stood up and cheered. I don't know why. I really found it entertaining. It was as far, good. As far as the game, I was like, okay, it's the game. Then the slam dunk contest happened, and I thought, okay, you know what? Three guys, halftime, make it quick. Then Dominique Wilkins screwed the whole thing up for me <laughs> after the very first dunk. Up. Damn it, you know? Dominique. And, and then by the end of the third quarter, I was ready for some Oprah at that point. You know, yeah. The game wasn't interesting for me at that point. Le- okay. Le- LeBron's team had won three straight quarters. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh... – to your point, even though I just joked at you about not knowing who was in the skills competition, uh, it's not like my favorite thing. You know, it's it's just, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, it was Sabonis and Vucevic. Yeah, yeah. Right, the that's right. who was left. Thank you. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you can dribble. You know, I'm assuming you can pass <laughs> and shoot. That's how you got here to begin with. So that, that really doesn't do anything for me. The dunk contest, I'm not going to blame Dominique because – Whoever decided that Aaron Gordon shouldn't be in a slam dunk competition or or winner, that's the person that screwed up the dunk contest for me. <laughs> that was like, Dwayne Wade last year. That's the person. No, not last year. Oh, are you no. going back to the Zach Levine? I'm one? going back to the. Yeah, I'm going back. Oh, back. I thought you meant the one last year against I'm going Derek back, Jones back. Jr. I'm going yeah. back, back, back. So, so I'm already looking at it side out and twisted to begin with. But the game itself. Um, when you have talent on set saying, be sure to tune into the fourth quarter, it's going to be competitive and exciting, um, that's just an acknowledgement that this game is trash. Right. And, and while I'm sure, you know, 
Allie did not mean to trash the game. I'm sure she was being genuine, but in her being genuine, she spoke a truth that these that this game is trash until the fourth quarter because in the fourth quarter that's when it's being competitive. Right. So that's why I'm saying to you, George, like I'm almost there, but it's not good if you know you go to a concert and the actual act doesn't show up until 10 minutes before the end of the show. <laughs> right, I get you. Um, now, it's just all those games, Scott. I mean, the Pro Bowl stinks, too. I mean, Pro it's Bowl's awful. horrible. And, right. But right. Oh, baseball's really the only one that can do that right, right? Well, because in baseball, at least if whether you like it or you don't like it, yeah. there's something to be played for. And I know a lot of people don't like the fact that, you know, whichever Home team wins. Or whatever, right, get, right. right. So, yeah. but, but what it does is it actually makes the players want to win. I think this is a glorified exhibition. Of course, nobody's denying that, right? Guys are shooting from half yeah. court. Guys are doing that. Was the fun part, alley-oop. by the that way? That was awesome. Yeah. Right? No, that that's great yeah. stuff. Again, yeah. for me, I actually think that the NBA should really do what they did yesterday, which is make it all one day. Have all the skills and all the three points and anything else that you can find that's exciting pregame. All the pageantry to LZ's point. Game halftime. Do slam dunks. Get the game over with and get everybody home. Now, I, I agree with that. However, I would add this, and LZ, you'll know this. Listen, man, Turner Sports pays a lot of money for those games mm-hmm. and that All-Star weekend, and they want to get that programming in and sell those ads. I mean, why do you think the Super Bowl takes two years to get here every year? <laughs> I they don't need to wait that damn long. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, listen, as far as wanting the whole weekend and all of the programming, they can still do all of that. I'm just saying that for mm-hmm. me – what I liked as a viewer, because I think yeah. I, you know, I took a lot in this weekend. We right. all were talking about coming to America, so I watched it. We yeah. talked on Friday about the UFC 259 card, so I took all of that yeah. in prelim yeah. fights, postlim yeah. fights. I took them right. all in. Wow. And then, and then all, and then this this All Star game. We talked about so much last week. I wanted to get it all in. I liked the fact that I got all of that stuff happened in one block of time. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, and I'll say this, and then you still were able to sneak in Oprah. See, that's the beauty of living on the West Coast, right? You, the people on the East Coast had to, had to pick whether they wanted to watch the All-Star Game or whatever they usually watch on a Sunday or Oprah. And boy, did a lot of people choose Oprah, okay? I want to get into that a little bit on the other side. Plus, we got a report on the Lakers. Elsie may get his wish on the Lakers. We'll tell you about that coming up uh, at 440. But we got our game coming up next. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. We'll be back in four minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, guys, so we're going to play a little game here. I I want to change it up just a little bit and say I'm going to do some birthdays in sports, and I want to try and put this in a way that's kind of like Mary have relations with kill. So I'm going to give you three names and you have to pick which one do you want to say is overrated, which one is underrated and which one is properly rated. So we're going to start off with famous birthdays in sports, Kenny Smith, Heinz Ward and Steve Sarkeesian. George, let's start with you. So who's older? No, no, no. 
no, who, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. You have to pick one for each. Oh, okay. Oh, so God. say it again. So Kenny Smith, Heinz Ward. Kenny Smith, Steve the basketball Sarkisian. player? Yes. Heinz okay. Ward, the football player, and Steve uh-huh. Sarkeesian, the head coach. It's his, all three of their birthdays today, so that's why they all connect. Okay. Um, who is <sighs> – Oh my wow, god, this is, this is tough. a killer. Tough question here. Yeah, so, I mean, good so Lord. Steve Sarkeesian right, is overrated. You, um, you, oh I, I, no, I, I think see, I disagree. I think he's properly rated because everybody thinks he's bad. <laughs> well, then if he's properly rated, what are we going to do with Kenny Smith? I think Kenny's a little underrated. And see, I think he's properly rated. See, because I think Kenny was underrated as a player. You know what I mean? Like Kenny Smith was, I believe, the first guy to do the dunk contest and the three-point competition in one weekend, okay? Mm-hmm. Kenny Smith was a baller in with the Kings, except they were just so, so bad mm-hmm. that he was, like, the only thing they were they, that, that was good about them. Then he got traded to Houston, and is like, this elite-level role player, but, like, I mean that in the best way possible. He's a starter, you know, in the NBA, in one of some of the most competitive times in league history, and was battling with some dudes. Like, and I don't think people, enough people talk about that. So I would say Kenny Smith underrated. Uh, Heinz, Heinz Ward is underrated. Heinz Ward is is was a great, great player, and he was no. such a versatile wide receiver. And you forget about some performances in his Super Bowl. And Heinz Ward was like a, such a physical blocking threat as a receiver to me he's a very very underrated guy i'd have a hard time coming up with one of each okay okay i think lz's right though because if we don't do sarkeesian um overrated then that means one of heinz or kenny has to be overrated so i do that yeah so i'm with you lz so (laughs) easy we'll do it this way at least for me sarkeesian overrated clearly uh kenny underrated i think heinz were properly rated i think heinz were was a baller and everybody knew he was a baller I'm going to go with Kenny Smith being properly rated okay. and that Heinz Ward is underrated. Mm. So you're with Scott. Okay. I think he's underrated because as great as he was, he was always overshadowed by players who were just a little bit more okay. media yeah. friendly at that time. He's picked up on the game, obviously. Right. But when he was in his prime, he wasn't really doing that media thing the way that some of those other guys were. Yeah, and he also played with a bunch of receivers that got more pub than him. So that's interesting, too, because whether it was Plaxico, right, or Santonio yep. Holmes, they always yep. got more of the – you know, they had the highlight stuff, you know? Right, right. But Steve Sarkeesian has to go down as overrated in this entire conversation because Correct. he's a guy who keeps getting shot after shot, and he's obviously had some personal issues and, and – Um, You know, listen, I'm all for guys getting second chances, especially when it comes to mental health related stuff or substance abuse. I'm all for that. But to me, Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin were always the beneficiaries of having been on Pete Carroll's SC staff. And so getting these big, high profile jobs or continuing to move up in coaching, it's because they're overrated. And, And Sarkeesian, to me, is completely overrated. Okay, fair enough. What's next, Greg? I want to do the same thing one more time, and but this is going to be with just actors, birthdays, famous actors, birthdays. James Vanderbeek, Kat Von D, and Freddie Prince Jr., our buddy Freddie Prince Jr. And oh, LZ, listen. why don't you start with this one? Oh, man, this is so good. Go ahead. Go, go, go. So Kat Von D, right? Who's, Kat who's Von that? D. Who's that? Kat Von D, she's all tatted up. She was, a, uh, she was all, she had a, a show. It was like LA. She was a, one of the like TLC tattoo show people. I right. just Googled Cat Fondi, and there's a wait, bunch of pictures of cats. Wait, is that a, <laughs> wait, is that an actress? 
Kat Von D? Yeah. She's, she's uh, yeah, like on one of those reality shows. Don't yeah. know. Well, that's not acting. You tell them, I mean, I couldn't find the hell actor, kind of, right? What kind of show? Is, now, see, you just changed the dang on rules <laughs> no, no, in the middle of the show. <laughs> I'm sitting here actress. because let me, tell, <laughs> let me tell you something. I am a movie buff. So you said this name, and I'm like, what the Who? hell? I don't yeah, know, I know this person. Who is this person? And then you slide in. Oh, well, she's really just a reality TV person, but I needed a third person to yeah, keep playing this game. And, and by the, the way, heck, hold man? on, hold on, hold on. And we missed the other obvious part of this, too, which is you put Vanderbeek and Freddie Prince, who were two, like, heartthrobs of their <laughs> era, and then someone that was on a reality show that we hadn't heard of. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, Kat it just Von was a D. weird mix. Kat Von D was a heartthrob as well. She was, she's a... She's no, a no, didn't do I, nothing. What? What's that? Said my heart didn't do anything when you said I'm her name. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like these these people are iconic actors that you ne- mentioned of a generation, uh, you know, for y- for a young generation. And Kat Von D, you know, no disrespect, she's great at what she does. I, I, I'm I don't not, even know, I don't know what she does. does. I don't even know what she does. does. I have no she's idea. She's a what she tattoo does. artist, right? I don't know if she's a good tattoo artist or if she's a crappy. She's tattoo got a TV artist. show, so she's got to so be a good what? tattoo artist. What does that, that mean? Is absolutely not so true at she, all. Then she's the overrated. So then she's the overrated. You go <laughs> no, the other way. She should be in the category. You need to go back and find us a third name that's an actor and after. No, Greg, to Elsie's point, you should have just picked like a third heartthrob and just not. It didn't have to be a birthday thing. It could. I just want to say that I had to Google Cat Fondi and I, I spelled it C A T F O N D E E and it's not Cat well, Fondi. No, it's Cat Fond. Right, D O N. Cat Fondi. And you did sound like you said Fond with like yeah F O N D. Are we gonna have to deal with all your secret crushes crushes going forward with this game? Greg, do you like her? Greg, is that what it is? Is she like your type? Yeah, is she your tattoo artist, dude? Did she do your Vince Scully tattoo? I was gonna say, why didn't you say Boris Kojo? Today's his birthday. Oh, oh, now here you he go. He messed up. Come on, Now Greg. here you go. Mm-hmm. Who is that? For so, real? What? Put him in there. I don't know who that is. You, you don't know, know Boris, Boris Cujo, Cujo is? No. You no don't know Boris, but you oh, can brought in this tattoo artist in the actor yeah. category. Kat Von D <laughs> is actually who she is. What? Kat Von D. Yeah. See, what? That is, that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> what? You ignore, what is, what is you ignore the famous black actor in exchange oh. of some unnamed tattoo artist mm-hmm. in this category. Tell what has me. he been in? Tell me what he's oh been in. What has he been in? Why don't you just say, I don't watch black movies? That'd have been so that, much that, easier. That's not true. <laughs> Google it. I know who Boris Kojo is. Tell Are him, you dude. kidding me? Tell him. Say, I do watch black movies. You tell him. And what? coming to America too does not count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boris, Boris Kojo is Boris. one of the most. Hold on, hold on. Boris Kojo is one of those dudes that's so good looking that I feel ugly when I watch him. Like he's yeah, always he playing that dude yeah. that everybody wants and can't have until right. the next fifteen minutes or something, and then he remembers that he loves you, and then his credits rolling. Right, and you're like, oh, what a cute little movie. Now, you know, right, so then he why was, don't you do um, this? Wait, hold on. He's Greg, literally I'm, in loving basketball. Yeah. How do you not know mm-hmm. he's in love oh, basketball? That was a good movie. I just didn't know the name. Uh, really? Oh, okay. But okay, you knew the okay. tattoo artist and tried and he's to shoehorn her into this category. <laughs> on, on top of that. But, you know, he also was at one time in a BET comedy parody series called Real Husbands of Hollywood. I did oh, yeah, you didn't that. Google that or anything. Jeez. I, no, I didn't Google <laughs> it. I Wikipedia did. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... All right. Wow. Do you want to do Boris Kojo then, or do you want to keep? Yeah, Boris Kojo. No, no, no. I don't want no hand-me-down <laughs> Boris. Now you got to go find your own. Go, go find your own legitimate actor, Greg Bergman. 
Don't be getting Laura's ideas <laughs> and then trying to pass them off as your help, own. Nope. This is a collaborative effort with me and Laura. So no, it's not. No, it's Don't not. be throwing me under the bus. Hold up. No. No. You, no. Do not on, throw me under the bus. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Greg. Greg was backed into a corner and he grabbed Laura and just threw her in the middle of the ring like a manager in a wrestling skit of like the 80s where like Hulk Hogan's going to come pound him and he grabs someone like the referee and throws him at Hogan. That's what you just did there. On International Women's Day, he I grabs know. the only woman voice and throws her <laughs> under the bus. Right. right. It ain't even true. World. In a Me Too oh my world, God. Dog. Wow, man. Oh, my God. All because I can't you wait until you don't know someone's name. I can't wait for it. Well, listen. I'm coming after you. It's not just about. No. What you did goes beyond not knowing someone's name. What you did was ignore actors in your own actor category just to bring up the tattoo chick that you're into. That's what you did. Are you into her? Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, of okay, course he's into her. But right. does it matter? Why are When you're looking at names, and I don't know that name specifically, why would I then go be like, hmm, I wonder if this person is actually I know, somebody okay. that I should be What we're just saying is, be more, <laughs> so, I think so let me get this, be more worldly. So let me get this straight. When yeah. you Googled celebrity birthdays today, right. and you didn't recognize a name, you decided to skip over it to a name that you recognized. Right. There was a lot of other names, too. So even though over. the name you recognized was not an actor, and you had decided to do this actor category. She's an actor, whatever. What? She <laughs> is really an interesting-looking uh, person, too. By the way. Man, man, she, oh, she kind of looks like a she young share like that's all tatted out. Okay. Uh, can we do the category? Because we're, like, way late. So oh, let's forget this category. This, this category. category. I'm, I'm okay, so enough, disappointed. Enough, I'm enough. so disappointed, Greg. Freddie Prince Jr. is underrated because that's our boy. Okay? End of story. That's it. End of story. All right, we got to go to break. Wow. Cat <laughs> Fondy. The, the real Greg shows up now. We didn't even, we, we could have <laughs> taken all this time to shout out our boy Freddie Prince Jr. We talked about Cat Fondy for the last That was the minutes. whole point, too. <laughs> I know that's that what your cool intentions were. She got that cool tattoo on her I, left I, shoulder that says Los Angeles. Man, she yeah. is all tatted out. She got I, these stars on her left She's very eye. good. She is very good. I don't know. But I've anyway, seen her. I can't see any break. acting credits. I keep strolling. And I don't see any acting credits. You don't see her IMDb, Elsie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next. Coming up next, uh, we got to get into the Lakers. There's a big, there's a report out there about the Lakers and perhaps a big man, Elsie Granderson. So we'll do that. We got to get to Oprah and the Royals at some point, too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You better be watching oh, sports, Kaplan. I know, but you know, I know a lot of people that are in the sports business that are like, yeah, dude, I don't watch the NBA All-Star Game. Thanks, but no thanks. And I mean big NBA fans. I'm like, really? You didn't? And they're like, no, I was surprised to see you like live tweeting during the NBA All-Star Game. I'm like, hey, I was in. I'm glad you were in. There you go. Okay. Uh, all right. So there is a report out there, actually several reports concerning the Lakers and the buyout market. Now. The one that matters the most, we'll start there, is Andre Drummond. So Mark Stein of the New York Times, our former colleague here at ESPN, was reporting that there is real interest there, uh, if from the Lakers, obviously, on with Andre Drummond, 
if he were to get bought out, the question is, will he get bought out? The Cavs obviously are hoping to trade him. He is a rental, but could you get a late first rounder from a contender? Maybe, but you know, LZ, I think people are trying to hoard those first rounders to save for like big, humongous deals that we've seen, whether it's true, you know, even. Uh, I guess, Drew Holiday, Paul George, right, where you need multiple first-round picks. Teams are are more reluctant to part with those for a rental these days, I believe. Well, especially given what Andre Drummond is, which is a very specialized, borderline antiquated big Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Right? Borderline Uh antiquated because his athleticism, I think, continues to make him relevant. Sure. But as soon as the athleticism leaves him, it's going to be hard to envision him staying in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Drummond is a difference maker, but to trade for him could remove you from being a championship contender. Right. That's the reason why he's on pause. You know, the reason why James Harden had everybody and their mama trying to get to him is because, in theory, he is a leader to a championship team. Right, and he's under contract for a couple of years. Right, Drummond is a piece for a championship team that may cause you to be out of that position, as I said, just to get him in a trade. So it makes sense that he is still hanging around and that Cleveland is going to have to end up buying him out if they want to move him off the books and blah, 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 blah. Because no contender can afford to trade for him and still be a contender. Correct. And no pretender. You got to trade the salary, too. Yeah, right. And no pretender. Yeah. needs him because his skill set is so specialized you might as right. well just you know yeah not even yeah, try so they're probably going to have to buy him out which would be an ideal scenario for the lakers because that's uh, you know cap it's what lz has been talking about for months right about what they're missing which is as specialized as andre drummond is it happens to be the tailor-made fit for the lakers well and the other part of it is if the lakers well let's just say this let's say he's bought out and then let's say the Lakers go hardcore, like we got to have him. Um, if that's the case, then I got to continue to ask the question, which is, is Anthony Davis coming back or not? Um, it would occur to me, look, do they need another big body? Yeah. Is Marcus Gasol that guy? I don't think so. Uh, but, again, the question for me still remains, what is and when is Anthony Davis going to be back? What's he going to be and when's he going to be it? And that, to me, is still the biggest question mark as we head towards the second half of the season. Well, listen, Anthony Davis is a cheat code, right? He is, yep. If we don't have him, then we just have to be a regular old championship contender (laughs) because we have no cheat code. Now we have to win straight up. Mm -hmm. And if we're winning straight up, then things get a little bit more hairy for us. Oh, no doubt. Because we're not built to be straight up. Right. We're built, You're built to, to have, have the cheat code. The cheat code, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know if by March 25th is enough time for the great Rob Palenka to totally remake this team to just compete without a cheat code. Right, right. Because so much is predicated uh, what they, on both sides of the ball, what they do and their success on what he can do. Um, right. You find yourself in a situation if he's not available, which you know the assumption is he will be, that – you if he's not available you're mortal right like all right. of a sudden you you have you, the nets could beat you right yep. maybe even a team out west beats you right like right, i think that that, that changes the dynamic you know let's let's not go crazy george 
<laughs> I, I'm just saying it's not a given that you win the West if Anthony Davis is is unavailable. Well, I, true. Um, yeah, you have to compete. Put it this way. There won't be a gentleman sweep all the way through to the finals. Oh, I don't even know if they'd be the favorite. I mean, I think they might be, but I think it'd be close. Well, based on what we've seen here in the final, call it seven to ten games of the first half of the season, um, I don't know why there'd be a whole lot of confidence. I mean, I I know what I've perceived, which is take LeBron James, put a bunch of guys around him, he'll lead you to the finals. Over the last ten games of the first half of the season, I'm definitely questioning that perception. And so if, if Anthony Davis doesn't come back, the notion that they're going to represent the West – that, that takes a monster hit. Mm-hmm. That is no guarantee. Hardly. Well, that's, that's the reason why, you know, I brought up the point cap about how the team is constructed. Right. If it's decided yep. Yep. that Anthony Davis isn't available, then he has time to remake the team to fit around LeBron James exclusively. Right. You may find Kyle Korver gets dusted off out of free agency and ends up on the roster. You may find a couple of guys who we like and who are, you know, good players and young players that are developing – just be straight up traded for guys on short contracts who are shooters. Yeah, they would tailor it to LeBron's strengths Ex- at that point. Exactly. So just surround him with a ton of shooters. If you can find a guy or two that can play a little defense in the paint, like do that, right? Like you can make some moves to make that work. But we won't know by March 25th. Uh, if it, I mean, I, I hope we do, right? Like hopefully Anthony Davis then. comes back yeah. here shortly um, after the All-Star break. But if – you know, if he's not available by the 25th, what do you do, LZ? Do you pull the trigger on some stuff like that? I, I'd say I, I say so. I say you need to do what you can to give LeBron the most that he can possibly get to try and defend this title. So what are you willing to give up then? Because that's the question then. Like, Well, it, well, it all depends upon what I, what I can get in exchange. Okay. What you if know, I that, tell you it's Victor Oladipo? I was going to say, we know Victor Oladipo didn't sign his contract, right? Right. He's going to be a free agent, and the Warriors have interest in him right now. Wouldn't you move, you know, almost every acquisition Rob Polinka picked up in the offseason to get Victor Oladipo if you know you you don't have AD? So, right. uh, It just depends. Like, what am I giving up? Am I giving up Kuzma? Sure, I'd do that. Sure. Uh, Are you giving up Taylor Horn Tucker? I don't know if I'd do that because I think there's a lot there. Well, if I'm giving up THT, then I'm going to need something in more than just – you know, Oladipo. Right. Right. So, so I, I think I'm going to need to. Yeah, so I just want to draw lines if you, here. If you on have where any draft picks left, scenarios. they don't even have yeah. any draft picks left, do they? Because they had to move Not all really, those pictures. No, <laughs> yeah. No. None they yeah. can trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but LZ, you say, you know, I give up everything I got in the offseason. I mean, Schroeder to me is untouchable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would I, agree with I, that. I, I call, I would think Schroeder is the number three on the team. Yes. As you know? far as importance, I would agree. Yes. Yeah. So for me, I want to. I he's not you somebody. Ask Pat I'm, Riley had that untouchable thing work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who was untouchable, George? <laughs> oh. Well, he said Tyler Hero, but I Tyler mean, Hero. If Bradley Beal, if Bradley Beal, if Bradley Beal, yeah, but that's nonsense. They just they did that exactly. because they did that. Pat did that to protect a 19 year old kid. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew his package wasn't going to get James Harden anyway. So he's like, "Why am I going to do that? I, I'm just going to make protect my investment, right? This kid is my, I have an investment in his future. I'm going to protect his psyche, let him develop, and not." not not get caught up right well, and then you, the other part is he did to his credit he cooled off the hardened market for a minute 
And th- people had to reassess where th- if whether they were in or whether they were out. And there was a lot of teams, remember, initially involved in that, LZ. Let me just say this. So, uh, untouchable is a word that, okay, I'll grant you, maybe there's a, a bit of exaggeration to a word like that. In other words, no, but I wouldn't trade it, Shooter but, this year if you're but, trying to win a championship. Right, I'm right, all, all I'm right. saying is is that you got, you got LeBron, you got AD, and you got Schroeder. After that, I'm pretty much open to make me a deal versus, you know, you're going to have to call me with something really, really impressive to get my attention to have me even talk about Schroeder. Because okay, these three fair. guys are my guys. Everybody yeah. else is available. Otherwise, make me some deal that I can't refuse. Yeah, I, I, I can live with that. Uh, if that's Rob Palinka's uh, position, I can totally live with that. All right. We can discuss it. Open it up for you at 877-710-ESPN. If you watched Coming to America, what were your thoughts on it? What is your review? Um, we also want to get your thoughts on All-Star Weekend, et cetera, et cetera. Who would you want the Lakers to go after here? There's Andre Drummond. Would you want them to make a move if Anthony Davis wasn't available? we got a lot of stuff on the table for you. So hit us up, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. A 50-year anniversary coming up next, one that you will remember forever if you're a boxing fan. We got that and what you need to know coming up in just a moment.